And I'm like, dude, dude, dude it's just, uh, just pile up those free games, man. Seems also evil. <laughs> uh, are you on mute, Rob? Oh, I am. Sorry. Yeah, that's all right. I, was, <laughs> I, I saw you. The, I saw you oh, doing the you. Charlie Chaplin laugh there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Awesome. All right. Uh, E3. So we'll start with, I guess, the biggest one, which was Microsoft. And... Hello, everybody, and welcome to this, the most unplanned of podcasts here at Player Two. We're at episode 62 of the Pixelcast, and tonight we're talking E3. My name is Matt Houston, and I'm being joined by a couple of good soldiers that also waded through all the E3 garbage to find the nuggets in between. First up, we have our usual host and man who's been on more episodes than God himself, Tim Henderson. How are you, Tim? I'm okay, and I'm also sitting here just thinking, I know it's supposed to be about video games, but like if the Philadelphia 76ers want to give me some money, I'm pretty sure I can hit, like legitimately could hit more free throws than probably the highest place played, paid basketball player in Australian history. <laughs> you did manage to get the NBA reference in there. What are you going to do in the offseason, Tim? Uh, not talk about basketball. Yeah. Like <laughs> or just every week is Ben Simmons practicing his free throws because holy shit, like 32% when you're in a multi-million dollar contract. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, yes. <clears throat> Joining us, we have a, a, a newcomer to the Pixelcast. This is his first appearance. He's been writing for Player 2 for a little while now and I'm probably going to get his last name wrong so prepare for embarrassment. It's Rob Carl Pareto, is that correct? Pareto, pretty close. Pretty close. I did all right. Good. Oh, excellent. How you doing, Rob? Yeah, I'm doing good. Doing good. Pretty excited to be to be on the podcast for the first time, able to get the, the schedules lined up, so to speak. Yes. Well, so give us the quick rundown. Your first time here. Everyone knows Tim and I. We're like crusty old boots at this point. So basically, <laughs> tell us a bit about yourself, Rob. So, um, I, I guess uh, I come from a bit of a dev angle as well, more technical programmer, um, gamey stuff by day. Um, by night, I contribute, you know, mostly reviews so far to Player 2. I also do a bunch of retro stuff outside of that. I, I run my own little web series uh, called Beyond the Scanlines, where I look at interesting games on old computers and consoles. Deep down, I'm an old, I, I, a bit of the old far territory, so 8-bit machines are sort of where, where a lot of my heart is. But I love looking at the modern stuff, indie stuff as well, just for, you know, fresh perspectives. Like the stuff I do on Player 2 lets me sort of expose the stuff that I don't get to talk about in my own little spaces. Excellent. Um, Excellent. So we'll sort of see that cross-pollinate. <laughs> well, there's plenty to talk about this tonight. There's some cracking-looking indies on show at E3, uh, especially. But before we get to that, we've been playing games, and as is tradition, we're going to talk about them. Tim. Yeah. You've been farting in an odd world, or I, is it still in there? Is the farting still I in should, it? Yeah, I was about to say, I should have Googled this before we started, because I did at one point <laughs> wonder, is the fart button there? Um, so I'm playing Oddworld Soulstorm. So for people who know what that franchise is, the very first Oddworld Abe's Odyssey on the PS1 definitely, definitely had a fart button. <laughs> and then any of your other colleagues slash oppressed um, enslaved workers would all giggle together and you could just fart endlessly and they would always just go hee hee hee. <laughs> it is always funny, a fart joke. 
Never. It's universal. Never fails. Kind of, kind of peaked in Finding Nemo. I'm going to put that at like the top of the fart joke pile. Far, the top of the fart joke. Like that, that whole massive explosion escapade <laughs> with like all these old bombs underground, and like one little kind of bubbles up next to these pelicans that are having a date. <laughs> <laughs> and one just looks at the other and just flies away. <laughs> just like a layered fart joke. It was fantastic. Also, nothing to do with Oddworld. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think my life has inadvertently been taken over by 2D Metroidvania, but not necessarily Metroidvania. More like just like 2D games that have a sense of adventure about them. Yeah. I guess. I mean, playing this, I was going to play Hollow Knight before I decided to play this. You have sent me something for review, which probably won't be quite up by the time this podcast goes live. We'll give it about another week or so. Um, I'd say this is the better of them, though. Um, and I believe to my to my understanding, it is technically technically a reimagining of Abe's Exodus, which was the sequel to Abe's Odyssey, aka the second one that came out in nineteen ninety eight or whenever. It was a PS one um, title. Al- yeah, but also yeah. to my understanding, apparently it's like really reimagined. It's it's more like a remake in spirit than an actual trying to copy and paste. Um, and kind of so far, Final Fantasy seven remake. Yeah, even maybe so. even more so. Yeah. In terms of like actually locations and thing, like in terms of gameplay, no. But in terms of reimagining the world, maybe more so. Um, and so far, it's actually like really good. My main my main gripe is is which is something that comes up a lot with these games is why can I not have analog um, character movement in a side scrolling game? <laughs> let me let me remap that. I I really do not like using an analog stick to move left and right. Hmm. Old school D-pad I mean, guy. For 2D, yeah. <laughs> like, if you walk, if you basically have binary movement, I want, like, buttons to press as opposed to this freewheeling stick to... Um, I still use it for uh, fighters. Absolutely use the D-pad. Oh, ab- yeah. oh God. Can you ma- imagine, like, playing a serious fighting game with it? No. 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 Um, anyway, for people who don't know what Oddworld is, let's, like, rewind this quite a bit. You effectively play the um, role of this kind of green Madukan, I believe, is race's name is called Abe and they're kind of like basically the slave labor race of the odd world um this game is very anti-capitalism like straight off the bat it's basically like you have oppressors who will shoot you if you don't work hard enough and then frankly quite dumb but lovable oppressed and you could say that maybe not being educated because they were literally bought up in a freaking meat processing plant Have we lost him? We have lost Whatever. him. Oh, he's back. It's basically sort trying of. to um, no. pre your friends, so to speak. No, I think Rob's here. I'm here. Hey, here. I must have dropped yours too. Let me have a look here. Cool. But- <laughs> I love, I love errors on internet. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, pr- so, Steam probably where- started downloading on me. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Huso was um, asking about a fart button earlier. <laughs> basically comes back to the game has what they used to call game speak which is basically you press in different directions you can say hello goodbye follow me and fart i believe um and mechanically this has been improved in terms of like the logic behind it it's now you can set as you kind of progress through the game and you kind of find and then either cure or just say hello to and like get your um fellow madukans to follow you you can either set them to be more like passive or aggressive and then you have one for follow and one for stay and now it's kind of like hold and you'll speak to everybody or tap and you'll speak to like very close 
so it's a bit more um it's less phrase specific and more like just mechanically commanding which actually makes a lot of sense um these guys are still dumb as shit though like um it would be nice if there was a consistency with like how reliably they would follow you and at what point because man these guys will just like stick their heads in a buzzsaw if you let them <laughs> or if you just like try and not let them it's like dude like, like there was a three second window for you to go down that gap and you just waited until that thing was just whirring right in front of you yeah it always struck me as like 2d prince of persia crossed with lemmings yeah that's actually a pretty good description <laughs> um minus the weaponry it's more like you can possess sometimes it's like very specific about when you can and can't possess enemies you're gonna throw hard bits of gum at them there's a fire propagation system now so oh, basically, cool. basically, you use your moonshine, use Madukan moonshine to like spread that fire around. And as bottles of water, I actually did recently unlock a fire hydrant. So it's still um, got that very, very unique um, odd world sense of humor. It definitely, it is still there. Like it is, it is still an odd world game. I will say, like, I mean, for all of the like flashy whiz bang. TJ, get what an SSD can do that arm um, Ratchet and Clank has shown off recently. Um, there is something nice and pure about the simplistic difference because I am playing the PS5 version. I mean, it's a free PS Plus game. That's what I got. So, yep. About like it's making me realize how much the loading times in those original games really detract from you, like trying to explore, or just make you feel deflated if you like got really close and then failed and you go all the way back. Yeah. Like it. The learning times are like super meat by now. It actually feels really liberating to being able to like fuck around a little bit in this type of game. Nice. And yeah, it's, it, it it just changes the dynamic a bit to like, oh god, thank god I got through to that. To, hey, I may go back and see if I missed something. Yeah, that that um, barrier to restarting from death is it's crazy what thirty seconds difference can make. Yep. Makes huge difference in, in games. Like uh, the best one I've think locally is uh, recently is Doom Eternal. Like you die and on a PC or the Xbox, you you're back fighting again in a couple of seconds. So that constant death that you will find yourself in isn't isn't so much of a barrier. It's just a, a learning experience and playing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. This will still be challenging sometimes. It it does require you to think. It's it's not a breeze. But it it feels like it, it. You feel you just feel less punished for like not knowing what to do. You don't feel as stupid somehow just because it loads quicker. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, I, w- I would definitely say um, check it out and see if it's your thing. It does a pretty decent job of like easing you in. You don't have to rescue anybody in the first mission. So it kind of like just rolls that stuff. I like recently just finished the train mission, which is in all the trailers, and that's actually pretty wild. Like you got all the scenery kind of whizzing by. It um, does sound design's good. a bit weird. It, I mean, it doesn't look PS5 exclusive good, but it, it's a nice looking game. The, yeah. the sound design feels a bit weird. Like the volume seem a little bit off. I had to go in and tinker with that a bit. I think I've heard from people with actual surround sound that like the music is like set to the rear channels. Oh, okay. Something which maybe maybe if you actually have a full surround system, it actually makes sense. But it maybe makes everything a little bit muddled for everybody else, which is like ninety-nine percent of people yeah. who are using soundbars or TV speakers. But no, it, it it's it's pretty good, and certainly if you have a PS Five and a PS Plus subscription, definitely give it a look. Excellent. Um, if you have a PS Four, I kind of still want to recommend it, but like I I do think those loading times make actually a big difference to the tolerance for. 
And it's on PC as well. Um, yeah. On Epic Game Store, I think. It's Epic exclusive, so. I'm sure it'll run Definitely good on that. Look. Oh, Excellent. sure. For sure. Is it better than Stranger's Wrath as the best audio Ooh. game? So you've hit me in the hard spot because Stranger's Wrath is shockingly good. And I first played that on Vita, which means you're also like touching me in the um, Vita nostalgia button. <laughs> <laughs> I probably could have said any word other than touch and that would have been a lot less creepy. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> um, if you're coming into them both fresh, I'd say possibly. But man, if I if I wanted, but if I had to see a, a continuation of this or a continuation of Stranger's Wrath, I'd want to see the continuation of Stranger's Wrath. Fair enough, too, because it's amazing. I love it. All right, Rob, from one challenging two D platformer to one insanely challenging two D platformer, tell us what you've been doing to not throw your controller through the window. <laughs> so. I've been playing Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection, um, PS4 version. I am currently in the middle of writing that up for review, so hopefully we'll have it up on the site a few days after the podcast comes out. And, you know, like I've sort of alluded to earlier, you know, a bit of the, the, the classic game thing. So I played the original Ghosts and Goblins and the first follow-up Ghouls and Ghosts, the C64 ports of both back in a day, and they kicked my butt. Um, and so I, I went into this knowing that it was probably going to kick my butt as well. And... Yeah, it basically does. Um, but I really like a lot of what they've done to, like Tim was talking about earlier with, with Oddworld, where, you know, you've got that that flow where you die and you just hop back in. Ghost of Goblins does a lot of similar things. Not quite as impressive because, in this case, I'm playing PS4 version, but um, you don't have the live system that the original games had. So when you die, you just click retry and you go back. You don't have to do three lives, die, game over, restart. And that's just... That's just a blessing. Like, <laughs> you remind me of a, a video on Twitch that went viral of, I think, some young streamer who I think was playing the Mega Drive Lion King game. And of course, they like game over it in the second stage because it's impossible to catch those fucking swinging tails. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, the title screen, like, booted up again. And you're just watching their face in disbelief going, this isn't allowed to happen. Like, what the hell? <laughs> oh, there's. <laughs> Oh my! Twenty cent money, money chewers from the day. Yeah, um, but yeah. So that's the big thing. Like you just go back and you retry, which really helped. Because like when I beat the first area boss, I sat there for like an hour straight, and and just dying, retrying, dying, retrying. The sequence is fairly. It's probably the weak spot with the boss battles because they just dragged on a little too much yeah but it does some cool stuff for, for difficulty like if you get stuck you could lower the difficulty there's also the thing where you can knock the speed back to slow it down and huh and that that helped me that's how i sort of beat it knocked the difficulty down i was playing second easiest so i knocked it back to easiest to do the boss battle and then it goes up when you start the next stage um and then slowed the game down and that was enough and I could sort of beat that, but the one on the second stage is this, which is a cool sequence. You're on the back of this of this dragon flying about, and you sort of it does like an attack that sort of ripples down its back that you've got to jump over, and it's also doing like loops, so you've got to jump like as it loops from one part of it to the other, so you don't fall off, and then you eventually get to this sort of fixed screen area where you've got a single screen with a bunch of platforms, so you've got to leap about whilst it's flying by to, to hit it in the thing. And that, that last part is just a little too much battle of attrition. But it's like, if you're willing to try that, that difficulty, I think you'll have a really good time with it. But 
I'm a mere mortal. Like I got to to that stage two, and I spent like an hour or so trying to beat it, and I just couldn't do it. Just turned everything down. And I I just couldn't do it. They've they've done a really good thing that follows in in the traditions of those games. Modernizes it a lot. Like you've got you collect like little bees that give you upgradable armor, which sort of builds on what ghouls and ghosts did. But you you could upgrade and sort of select them during the game, which is pretty neat. But I wanted to use them against the bosses, and you can't really use those there. You can only use them... It's just sort of like... Because you've got to hold and charge your weapon to use them. And when you're against the bosses, you've got to move quickly. Well, as quickly as you can, considering how slow Arthur's movement kind of is. And so it's a very interesting take on the formula. And I think, like, if you're really, like, in in the, the... to use the to use the vernacular get good kind of games player you'll probably get a lot out of it um and so i do think like i think this is kind of going to be the context of the review is that i think there's a cool game here it's probably a little too hard for the rest of us which is a shame because if it wasn't for that i definitely want to keep pushing on because the way the game is set up like next time i boot it up i'll be basically at that checkpoint for the boss fight i won't have to go back to the start and the, the level's aren't too long like they're nice they're a nice length just the boss battles i think are a little little too drag on a little too much yeah this Um, sounds like the sort of game that i fear is just going to be suffocated to death by the existence of things like games pass or free games in the epic store every week where it's the sort of thing that back in my childhood we're gonna get on my old crutchy old leather boot here (laughs) um the back in my day we've got like three games a year yeah and you fucking rinse those yeah like really (laughs) find something very rewarding in this but people today would understandably be like nah. oh, this is getting fucking annoying I've got 50 other games to choose from here I'm just going to bounce on and see if this grabs me yeah I, I think that's that's absolutely the case and I think it's I think it's unashamedly going for the old school crowd and I yep. think there's nothing wrong with that and I like that they've made concessions but I feel like those concessions they might not be enough which is a shame because I think like Everyone, rag- when, when they announced it, a lot of people, a lot of retro people I follow ragged on the visual style, but actually really like it. It does something different, like with the characters, they sort of have that puppet kind of movement. And I think it kind of feels unique. And I like that they tried something different. And yeah, it's just, it, it, it like a lot of stuff it does right. I just think the difficulty curve was a little too steep. And even with the, the stuff it has to lower it, it's not quite enough. Yeah. Um, which I think is a bit of a shame. I think I think there is definitely a crowd for that sort of game there. Um, I mean, the success that Mega Man's had in, in recent times, while not quite as tough as Ghouls and Goblins, but it's certainly not on the easy side of things. And yeah. there's quite, quite the crowd for Mega Man at the moment. So I think that it'll find an audience, but it, it'll be very niche. Yeah, I would fully agree with that. It's definitely yeah. a niche kind of game. Excellent, excellent. All right, then. Well, we might move on to uh, something completely different. Uh, I've been playing Necromunda Bounty Hunter. It is a Warhammer game, just for something like different. What the hell? <laughs> Say that it's, it's one more time. Necromunda. Necromunda is a uh, industrial planet in Warhammer. Uh where they sure build all the all the guns for the space marines and basically it's just a hive of dregs and you know shitty characters that are all it's like the Moss Eisley of, of Warhammer but way worse so Necromunda hired gun or hired gun that's different? the one that's the one hired gun you play as a bounty hunter 
Um, it's Which brand is, new. Yeah, what yeah. a bounty hunter is, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a first-person Twitch shooter along the lines of Shadow, the recent Shadow Warrior games or yeah. even Doom. It feels very much like the Shadow Warrior games in that you've got uh, little special moves used with key controls. It's very much about dashing between uh, characters. You, you heal when you kill is the concept so hiding from a corner and shooting is probably not going to get you very far you've got to get in close and 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 get the damage on and, and kill people it's got a really this great flow to like combat my bag. it is it it's like my bag and uh, i was you know apprehensive because i get a pr email about a warhammer game approximately four times a day so <laughs> it's just another fucking warhammer game but uh it's made by the the same people that made eve uh, Damacy, um, uh, I Damacy, E Y E Damacy, I think it was, yeah, and which I enjoyed a long, long time ago. And it's a bit of a cult hit first person shooter, and this this follows in that lines. There's some rough edges there. It's obviously not a game made with a, a bazillion dollar budget, uh, but what they've done is a lot of fun. You've got a dog companion, this mastiff. Um, that you can upgrade with cyber enhancements as well as yourself. So, you know, his bite's not strong enough. Why not give him a steel jaw? Um, uh, <laughs> I, I like the silliness. That's another part of Shadow Warrior that I... Yeah, absolutely. It's not quite as uh, full-on on the comedy as um, Shadow Warrior is, but there's, there's definitely tones of dark humour there. Um, there's uh, the main story missions, which are, you know quite lengthy uh, and enjoyable and then there's the little quicker bounty missions that you can do kind of side missions to just you know earn some money and upgrade your parts and things like that which are, are all kind of set in little parts of the main story mission maps um, good range of enemies and obviously with Warhammer as the base there is a lot to draw from in terms of bad guys to kill and it seems that the uh, developers have done well in cherry picking some interesting uh, combatants uh, to actually take on uh, I'm, I've heard that the console versions are a little choppy at this point um, oh, I was about to comment I'm looking at this in Steam obviously yeah. to correct you on the name of the game yes and man like the um, requirements range dramatically Yes. Like the uh, low end requires a one gigabyte GTX 500 series card. I think it's very scalable on the PC, but I've heard that the console versions are a little bit choppy. They only have the um, uh, last gen console. They haven't had any PS5 or Series X upgrades series. to it. Um, but I think that's they're pretty close to patching that. Uh, and making it run at the same level as the PC version, uh, but yeah, for for if you love that sort of Shadow Warrior Twitch shooter, uh, it doesn't take itself seriously. Gives you a whole bunch of reasons to kill a whole bunch of people in really interesting ways. Then this is a, this is a game worth playing. Just forget about the Warhammer thing. It's it's like if you're a Warhammer person though, this is you're gonna love this because it's steeped deep in that Warhammer lore. So there's all this side stuff that makes absolutely no sense to anyone. Except for the biggest. Except you. No, I don't you, really understand you, it. Warhammer fan. <laughs> you, no, War- I'm speaking to you, the Warhammer audience. Yes, the for- Warhammer 40k people, you will love this. So Ken's going to adore this. Uh, Ken will know what's going on. We might need a, a primer from Ken. 
Uh, but otherwise, no one will know what's going on. Do except I see for- wall running in this? Yes, there's wall running. Wall shooting games need wall running. Yeah, there's there's almost a Titanfall level of mobility in the in the not quite to Titanfall, but pretty close. Nah. Um, so yeah, it's it's well worth. I think it was only thirty bucks too when it first came out it might be a little bit more now but it's boring Japan I can tell you that yeah. <laughs> I think it had you know one of those you know 20% off first week deals on Steam when I got it so um, but yeah it's it's not a full price game by any means uh, and if you need something to you know itch that trigger finger this is this is a really good one I, I have to ask just looking at the screenshots here does this have game have rats that double as grenades uh, not that I've come across yet. <laughs> I'm only about the fifth mission, though. And there's a lot of shit to unlock. Like, lots. There's uh, six different trees of cyber oh. things to upgrade on you. Another two to upgrade on your dog. Plus all the weapons to be upgraded and loot and all that other shit. Like, there's a plethora of shit to upgrade. So... It, it really is not a game that's going to win Game of the Year award. It's it, it's just a game that does one thing and it does it really well, and and that's all you need it for. And it's it's the perfect sort of thirty forty dollar game. It does sound kind of empty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wonder if it hold a, a, a scratch the itch that uh space that forty k Space Marine left so very long ago. Yeah, well, it's actually. There is a, you know, that was a very visceral game too that really had a confusing story that no one outside of Warhammer fans understood. So, yeah, it's much the same. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that's, 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 that's a solid recommendation because yeah. I loved that and was, was disappointed there was no sequel. Cause I, no, yeah, I remember enjoying that too. It was like a 3D beat em up slash yeah. with Gears of Wars. Yeah, I think with a Warhammer the one stamp. Warhammer game that everybody remembers. Yeah. Like, it was yeah. a really solid action game. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then it, it ended with a cliffhanger and, and it didn't do well enough to get a sequel. Yep. I don't so know I, that this will do well enough to get a sequel either because I think there's a lot of Warhammer fatigue out there. I know there is from me because yeah. holy shit. <laughs> they will give that license to anyone. <laughs> Never made a game before? Sure, do a Warhammer game. You'll be right. <laughs> All right, we might leave it there. We're going to have a quick break. Tim's going to find some Warhammery music and uh, Warhammery specifically. <laughs> and we'll be back to talk all things exciting, not so exciting, and surprising about E3 2021.
2021 has been and gone. It was an odd year, a very uh, interesting year in many ways and also a little disappointing in some ways too. But being the first year where it went all digital, uh, there was bound to be some oddities turn up. But in in all, I think it wasn't too bad. We did get a lot of surprises. We did see some great games. And after all, that's what it's all about. So we're going to talk about everything we saw, what we liked, what surprised us, what kind of disappointed us, and why Jade Empire 2 wasn't announced again. Um, but <laughs> to kick things off, I'm going to go to Rob first, and we're going to talk about Microsoft. How'd you find the Microsoft show? It was touted as their chance to shine. Did they? Yeah. I mean, so it's sounds like um out of the stuff they showed there was like that's the one that seems to get a lot of the big things and i'll admit some of the stuff um there was cool i mean horizon 5 seems like a really cool really cool addition to the series i've sort of been a bit out of the loop on it um so definitely am definitely wanting to give that a shot um i have to admit i know i had some skepticism about flight sim feeling a little disappointed by it but i kind of want to check out the top gun thing <laughs> I look. Yeah, every time I see Flight Sim, I'm like, I wish I could get into Flight Sim because, like, it just legitimately looks like a video that could be playing outside of any travel agent's office. Yeah, it, it's it's like I, I commented on this on the on the the roundup at the end of last year. I'm really impressed with the scope of what they achieved. Um, it's just like I couldn't find myself getting into it, and I really wanted to, and it didn't help that it struggled on my PC here. Yeah. Um, so, like, that might give me that little focus thing where I could just sit down, focus it on, on a particular experience. And so be goose. Yeah. I only watched Top Gun last night. It's just like, yeah, no. I that know, would I be goose. Do that. <laughs> uh, look, I reviewed it for Player 2 when it came out, and I had never enjoyed a flight sim in my life until that point, and I gave that game an A+. I thought it was like a technical achievement like no other I have ever seen in video games and the fact they're getting this to run on a console at all is honestly some sort of dark magic so if it runs it's going to run 4k 30 or 1080 60 I don't think the, the extra frame rate's going to matter in flight sim. Is this the sort of game where you really need 60 frames first? No, time? 4K 30 will be the way for that game. If you've got the television to do it, just, oh, it's just gorgeous. And it's got ray tracing coming too. Holy shit. It's, yeah, no, it's a technical beast, that thing. And uh, it'll be the, the standard bearer for graphics for a long time, I think. Yeah. Um I have to admit, I'm kind of curious about where things are going to go with Outer Worlds 2. Um, that's that's, that's I, the, the best trailer of E3. It was Abs- pretty good. <laughs> Just They're taking the piss saying, out of hey, everything. You made a trailer. Look at how you make a trailer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like. I, I'll admit that's sort of the one that's sort of like. I'm gonna have to. I, I, I mean, am I gonna have to get an Xbox <laughs> for that? Because like, I I really enjoyed the first one. Um, yeah. It it just it just scratched an itch because I'd never really gotten into like the modern Fallout's or the other Bethesda RPGs. So seeing what Obsidian did, yeah. and they just pulled it off really well. Um, like I couldn't get into Fallout or, or New Vegas. So I but I really got into Outer Worlds. So seeing the follow up coming is like, as much as I feel. I was really content with the ending that I don't know if it really needed a sequel. Yeah. I'm definitely curious to see what they do with it. 
I'm certainly think it's one of those games where they don't even. It probably won't even be a traditional follow-on story sequel. It'll be a brand new adventure in the outer world, sort of thing. Yeah, I, imagine- I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if that's if that's what happens. And if that's the case, well, I'm definitely definitely interested in that for sure. Gotta love that obsidian black humor. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There's a, there was a good. There was the humor in, in outer worlds was great. I fully yeah. agree. All right, Tim. Did anything jump out at you from the big M? Kind of. I mean, Microsoft, you say there's a chance to shine. I don't know if they quite shone, but they managed to cast a consistent luminescent glow. Like, there was nothing there that said, holy fuck, I have to buy an Xbox now. But it's like, oh, this is a lot of pretty good looking stuff. So it's more, it's more like Sony has like one game that went, hey, everybody, before E3, check out Horizon Zero Dawn 2. It looks fucking amazing. Yep. But it's one thing. Whereas Microsoft's gone, we don't have Horizon Zero Dawn 2, but we have a lot of stuff that still looks pretty good. Um, I would argue I Forza Horizon looked, is in that category. Forza Horizon looks amazing. Any game with Horizon, that's basically the way to go forward. Yeah. Put the name Horizon <laughs> in the name of your game. It does look stunning. Holy shit, it looks good. And that's on the old um, engine. And that's cross-gen so. as well. Yeah. So I can't that's imagine the, the Xbox One version of that is going to look anywhere near. Look, Forza Horizon look 4 good. looks great on the old Xbox. So it'll still look great. It just won't look... Jaw-droppingly so. amazing, um, like that that trailer was. I mean, I, I perked up for a little bit there. There was um, one point with this weird first person, I said, shit, like this weird Eastern Block game with this Euro Trash Stalker. music. It was just like super bizarre. Yeah, Stalker Two. That, yeah, well, that looked amazing. Mm. <laughs> and then Mate. it was followed by some. I've forgotten the names of everything. And then a game with like really beautiful pixel art um, followed. Uh, that was not not sundered. Um... I know the one you mean. Yeah, it almost looked like Blackthorn, the old uh, Blizzard yeah. game. 2D platformer with shotguns and cyberpunk sort of aesthetic. Mm, yeah, no. So there was, there's some stuff that, like, definitely... I thought it was actually a very good show overall. I think um, their messaging was excellent across the show. Uh, they showed 30 games. Of those 30 games, 27 are coming day one to Game Pass. Like, <laughs> that's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> um, re- no, they got replaced. You were... Yeah, replaced. Of- that's yes, the that's one. It. Yeah, yes. Yes. That looked really cool. So that, that looked really rad. Um, I mean, there's some stuff I didn't really care about. Like, they finally showed Starfield or whatever, and I was like, yeah, all right. It, it, probably helped. It's hard to say from that too what you saw. Like, it is. It probably it, doesn't help that I've never really clicked with a Bethesda game that much. So I'm always yeah. Like, uh, There's a sandwich. that's going to get. It's going to be messy when it like gets into low gravity. Uh, yeah. Uh, wait for like next E3 when they'll probably have something a lot more concrete to show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for I mean sure. that's something with this E3 in general is like because I saw a lot of people saying they're disappointed and I'm like oh, really we're like this far into a pandemic and you still haven't learned to temper your expectations yeah I think so I think there's a lot of that happening uh, with any disappointment be- like people I, are I, just now getting vaccinated like come on man I think uh, f- considering the world uh, status at the moment it was a good show from almost everyone they they really came with everything they had um, and still managed to put a really interesting show together. The fact that there's some stuff to look forward to in itself is kind of impressive. Yeah. For me... There's some black moments, but... For me, the big surprise was the Plague Tale sequel. 
Um, oh man, just no, like I thought those rats were impressive in the first one. Yeah. And now really- it's literally like a tsunami. Yeah. And I really, really liked A Plague Tale. I thought that was a really, really good adventure title with very minimal combat. And it was, it was just told in such a really wonderful way. Also, so. the, the, also I, I, without spoiling anything, the plot in that game goes full anime and it's kind of awesome. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it, it almost goes, yeah, I, I kind of thought it was more like if, if Dan Brown met the X-Files. Um, that, that's what it, it fit. gets weird. Yeah. Like you can't take it seriously, but you kind of can at the same time. Yeah, because it's so fucking cool what's happening that you forgive the silliness of it. Yeah, absolutely. I I really enjoy the first one. So I'm, and it's a direct sequel. So it'd be really interesting to see where they take it, especially oh God, some of the powers you have at the end of that game just carry immediately over. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. You know, it's, it's going to be Rat Armageddon. <laughs> uh, the other one from uh, Microsoft that Bear's talking about is Halo I guess was the big question mark for Microsoft mm. um, and I'm still not sh- like that whole bit with like Chief floating through the air like I'm not sure is that actually kind of a sort of a gameplay sequence is it just a cutscene for the show is it that's a gameplay sequence a the there was a um, extra Halo show in one of the you know kind of um E3 events after the big conference and they they said that is actually a gameplay sequence from the game Um, and the multiplayer looks and they did a big multiplayer thing and this is this uh, there's some things they're doing that are really impressive so it's a free to play multiplayer that's the impressive part that's gonna but what's even more impressive is they've taken away a lot of the kind of things that I don't particularly like about free-to-play multiplayer games. So there is battle passes, but those battle passes are persistent. So if you buy a battle pass, that's yours forever. You don't have a time limit to finish it. You can work on it as you please. You can even go back and buy old battle passes if you missed them and work on unlocking all the stuff in those. Um, So that's a really friendly way to do that system. Everything's obviously only cosmetic. Uh, It helps that Microsoft is, you know, trying to sell Games Pass and Xboxes as opposed to... Absolutely, yeah. And so it makes the the kind of timed Game Pass system of Fortnite and Apex Legends and things like that seem a little, um, I guess, nastier in the process. Uh, So I liked that. It seemed like they were doing some very cool things with, with... grand scale multiplayer which I think Halo 5 did really well um, like there's a lot bad about Halo 5 but the, the multiplayer wasn't it um, so yeah I, I think they did a really good showing there and from what I can gather from you know just scuttlebutt on the internet it seems like people that are into Halo were pretty impressed by what Halo had to show so it, the story is obviously going to be the killer for that game though and until we know um, making that multiplayer freeze is a very smart move for them yeah. though. like that's going to be huge uh, and I mean it's not a massive loss for them considering how many people that have Xboxes that don't have Game Pass these days I can't imagine there's a massive amount oh, it's- of you know an apple in front of a lot of people's faces yeah yeah sorry carrot is probably the word I'm looking for there (laughs) but it'll be PC too so that's a first as well so it's launching day and date on PC that's yeah I could see a lot of game pass for PC signups I think so and I I can imagine it'll be one of those game pass perks to get you know extra goodies for your halo loadout you know a new set of armor or something will be a perk as of game pass whereas the the people that don't have game pass won't get that so i imagine that'll be something that they look at further down the track 
Um, anything else from Microsoft that that you you want to mention? Not no. specifically. I think we've hit on I'm, the high notes. Gonna mention like I, I'm a bit sad that my prediction about Psychonauts two day and day. Yeah, happen. but, but like, August she looks awesome. I forgot how good that game looked. August, I can't wait. I, I honestly looks put really good. Psychonauts up there with any 3D Mario game, so I'm I'm excited for this. I think. I'd say the difficulty difficulty spikes in that game are a bit off, but yeah, they are. And the personality makes up for a lot. It does, and th- there's some of those levels in the first game, the 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 Goggle Thor Goggler. Oh, it's been a no, while. No, Godzilla and Godzilla, yeah, you know, in the lungfish's brain, that was. Yeah, just amazing, and the and the milkman level that was awesome too. Um, all right then, what about we look at uh, possibly the most disappointing conference of all, which was Square, Square. Enix. <laughs> oh my god! How did you know? <laughs> oh my! Oh man! It felt like they had so many potential home runs. Yeah. Um. That like some stuff like that Final Fantasy Pixel remake, which nobody knows exactly what they're doing. Like the idea that they're like going back and like tw- like fixing up and but keeping it pixel graphics mm. with Final Fantasy one through six seems great. And then at the very end they say PC and mobile, and you which, just you know fine you can put it on those systems. You but just know it's going to be a shit job there? like Chrono Trigger. Yeah, it it, it immediately makes <laughs> you worry about how much effort they're putting into it. Yeah, like, if well, it's I- not showing up a Switch and PlayStation, you're like this is this is basically going to be worse than a ROM. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that feels a bit disappointing is when they did the announcement for the the Dragon Quest one that's in the the HD sort of. It looks amazing. Where's yeah, the Dragon's Quest Travel Octopath Traveler? Yeah. Why can't they do like Final oh, Fantasy like it's that? Probably a lot more work, but um, it is. It wouldn't be all would, six. But people would yeah no people would go nuts if they did that for Final Fantasy six. That would be yeah. basically yeah. that game's equivalent to what they've done for seven. Yeah. Well, you know, you saw what they did to Chrono Trigger when it came to PC, oh. and that, yeah, that wasn't great. I mean, <laughs> just the mobile The fact port, that they no. could have literally just sold a SNES ROM and yeah. gotten away with it, and nobody and somehow made it worse. Eyebrows would have raised, but they would have gotten away with it. Mm. Yeah, and like, they, they've done that now with the like the the Mana collection. So, yeah. and they've worked with M two to do that, which is amazing. Yeah. Just, just, just like give us that for like you yeah. know a collection of just like even if it was just the three Super NES Final Fantasies, have that nicely done. You know, get a proper localization for five, um, and then just sell a special edition that just has ROMs of the NES ones, yeah, included in it or something. Yeah, like they could they, do. They like, are an yeah, odd company. They are an odd company. They and. <laughs> And of all the companies, and like even Nintendo, when you go, Nintendo's going to be Nintendo. They're not as weird as Square Enix <laughs> when it yeah. comes to odd business decisions. Is, sometimes Square just hits. Like they had that bit there where like Final Fantasy VII Remake is legitimately really good. They had yeah. a very good run with Nier. Absolutely. And then this, like even that Platinum game they showed. Oh my God. Okay, this is the, my least favorite trend that's come out of this E3, is assuming that everybody has, like, three or four friends that they can organize a game with at any <laughs> given time. Yeah. So, Even, I, I, Like, at any point in my life, assuming I'm, you know, just out of university and I have all the free time in the world. 
I would still not be able to frequently get three friends together to play this exact game all the time. And that that implies they all have the game as well, too. So yeah, yeah, it's not even a Games Pass situation where at least you can take for granted that everyone's got it. Yeah, that that, and I've never really looked at a platinum game and gone, eh. You I don't know? think that was platinum's decision. I'm pretty sure Square had some yeah stop like a checklist of hey we've done some basic market research we think this would be a good idea <laughs> yep and platinum went we're a gun for hire sure <laughs> platinum was like oh god we still don't have a creative block and bayonetta 3 fine yeah <laughs> it doesn't this even will, look good like this I, will take us 10 minutes in between you know near and bayonetta <laughs> well near is square like they yeah. really could have just gone to platinum and said hey we've got an idea for a sequel in near automata you want to do that instead i would be over the moon about that yeah and and look i don't want to the first thing i saw when i saw guardians of the galaxy and i'm not going to make any judgment calls on that game because that actually could be quite a bit of it fun looks and, fine and then the, you know there's the choice dynamic in that and i thought that was quite interesting if it plays out probably but the first thing i thought of was why aren't they making another fucking deus ex game because I'd, I'd much rather that than Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, I am much more likely to play that Guardians of the Galaxy game than the Avengers one that they did. Oh, yeah. But also yeah. they gave so much time to it. That was like... Yeah, it was too long. Like, like It's like, this is not the feather in your cap that you think it is. At yeah. least that's what I thought until yeah. I saw everything else I was showing and maybe by the end it was. Um, <laughs> in it's, comparison, it's all relative. Because, I mean, they had that Team Ninja... Final Fantasy Origins thing yeah. which I mean just just chef's kiss for everything going wrong without like not only did they not see the chaos meme yeah you mean like just the word chaos like they just keep on saying chaos and nobody knows what the fuck they're talking about and then the demo like they go alright here's our home run fucking demo available now and, and then the demo broken. was corrupted <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. And, and then it's not broken and I downloaded it and it to be fair, it doesn't look like a PS3 game. It does look better than people are saying, but it also has no visual identity. No. It just, again, seems like this thing that I think Steve- Square kind of threw at Team Ninja. Steven described it as an ugly Neo with Final Fantasy thing, slapped yeah, on. It's The thing that got me is like, I think the core idea, I think they've released that demo way too early. I think this is like super, super early in development. Because... Yeah. Um, I forgot, like, after reviewing fucking that Ninja Gaiden collection. I keep forgetting Ninja Gaiden 2 is good, but man, 3 is bad. Anyway, <laughs> that, like, Neo had some diffi- major difficulty spike issues, yep. but man, that was a good game at its core. But it also had, like, it, like, it was able to build an interesting world, and the idea of a Final Fantasy game built around Neo, if they could, like, build the world up and have less generic-looking bullshit everywhere. And that whole macho... Maybe overtone bullshit to that trailer that was just terrible um, the, the so demo bad. is just as silly oh, it, it did give us like the best moment on twitter v3 though where I think Square in its only attempt to try and like own the silliness just tweeted chaos in full caps yeah <laughs> which was responded to with the Sonic the Hedgehog account just replying <laughs> where <laughs> when Sonic's more up with the kids than you you know you're in trouble <laughs> Sonic's Twitter account is better than like the last five Sonic games have been. Yeah. <laughs> Sonic Generations, the 2D one, Mania notwithstanding. Yeah, Mania is the outlier. It's the exception to prove the rule. <laughs> All right, Rob, have you got anything to say about Square that's 
not just I kicking the booty. Guardians, I, I wouldn't mind checking out if it if it actually turns out to be decent. Yeah. I wish the Final Fantasy stuff came on Switch, and that's really about it. Yeah, yeah, um, it was. The rest pretty, of the stuff was a bit meh. Yeah, pretty like, sad looking, wasn't it? It was. Uh, the the I, I was the only conference I went. Gee, I'm glad I stayed up for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it just feels like they had some potential home runs there. Like they could yeah. have shown a little more of Final Fantasy 16. People getting upset that Final Fantasy 7 Part Two wasn't there clearly missing the yeah point the the point yeah but yeah I I would have thought 16 was going to be there for sure. But the only thing that makes me think it's not there is because it's going to show up at a Sony state of play. I think sometime Sony's soon. Basically, that's yeah. what Sony has decided they're going to do a state of play in November now instead of doing E3. Yeah, and it'll show up there, and, and Sony didn't want their thunder stolen and by maybe, a really bad presentation. They had a preview and just went, nope. <laughs> Please pull that game we have an exclusivity deal with out of that presentation. Yes, because that is, yeah, I mean, sure, it'll be a diamond in a pile of turds, but hey. <laughs> you might be able to wash the stain off. No. We don't want no. people thinking ours is the chaos game. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then, Ubisoft. Ubisoft's conference was... There were some couple of really interesting titles in there. Uh, the first being, for me, was Rocksmith. Um, it Getting a sequel was surprising enough. I really like Rocksmith, and I like the concept behind it. Being a, a guitar player myself that is not very good but enjoys playing, um, it was a great way to learn some new songs and so- pick up some new techniques. <laughs> Uh, I actually bought a guitar in Rocksmith and the intention to learn. Just like the guitar I bought, like the strings, just the way they were set was too low. Uh-huh. And so Rocksmith could not actually detect the different strings. Oh, wow. You want to get like really fucking frustrated with a game, like that did nothing for me. <laughs> that, that's Because like crazy. it was literally like you'd be playing like the first person shootery kind of thing and you're just like, yeah. no, I'm clearly strumming this string. Like there is no way I could be making this mistake. So that, that, that sounds like a pickup problem but anyway that's guitar techniques um but yeah that's that's super weird but i i've found it quite good with my guitar the concept um, is great like i think it worked for literally everybody but me <laughs> so i was excited to see that and a subscription model to that sort of thing makes sense like people go oh another oh, subscription it, but that no, totally sort of makes sense that's, that's like a, up there with your like learn a language and buy a year worth yep. of it kind of a it's a logical thing i pay for the ultimate guitar subscription which is like a online tablature resource and stuff like that and you know it's one of those things that i'm happy to pay it's it's like 60 bucks for the year but i've got all this stuff that i can go through on my guitar and and i imagine rocksmith's going to be much the same thing but this time it's interactive you know it's got people tutorials and stuff like that to teach you how to play the guitar and and it's that really cool point where that doesn't happen too often where games meet education in a really really cool way and it doesn't happen enough anymore like it used to be a really big thing like you had Carmen San Diego and all those cool edutainment titles but now you don't except for Rocksmith it's kind of the flag barrier for edutainment these days well, I mean it's actually like I can say it's good without it having worked for me because I can see exactly how it would have worked yeah yeah like the idea of like having certain chords like work as kind of a button press in an adventure kind of a game is genius yep 
and even just playing the songs had adaptive difficulty. So it you'd mm-hmm. you'd play a lick from the the from the song, and then it gradually add more notes to it until you were playing the full as it recognised you nailing it. So you've nailed this, you've nailed this. We're going to just gradually bump up the difficulty until you can nail the song properly, and it, it worked really well. So it was really cool to see that. Um, what about you guys? What did you find in Ubisoft that was interesting? Um, interesting. So way, way, way back, it's scary to think about how long ago it was when I went to see Avatar in the cinema like apparently everybody did. Um, yeah. It was one of two, two 4D movies that I saw when I was living in South Korea. Um, incidentally, How to Train Your Dragon was a way better 4D movie than Avatar was. <laughs> <laughs> Some wild flight scenes in that movie. That, that movie's legitimately great. Avatar oh, yeah. was legitimately fine. Yeah, it's- but I walked out of that movie going... It's not as bad as some people make it out to me. No. It's kind of dumb. But I walked out going, that would have been a better movie had they not done the way too simplified environmental eco-warriors thing. Yep. And instead, it just like gotten David Attenborough in there. <laughs> and just done like a fake documentary, documentary of that um, world. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm looking at that Ubisoft game now. That looks like it could be I'm going, Like, that could be what I wanted that movie to be. Like, it looks fucking stunning. Oh, yeah. And like what I wanted from that movie was to just be in that world. And if like that, if that game looks, if the PS5 and Series X pull that off, and it doesn't mechanically suck, I may legitimately get into that. Yeah, for sure. Rob. Oh, um, I mean, I guess Rabbits has to get a has to get yeah. a mention. I think that's the Is idea. That actually, Nintendo's. No, it was on it? Ubisoft's well. presentation. Yeah, and Nintendo's, but yeah, both of them. Um. Yeah, when I saw the the Trackmania, um, Trackmania Royal, I'm I'm a bit out of out of sync with the series, but I always love the concept of that. It, it channels me back to my to my youth with Stunt Car Racer and, and stunts and those. We've got another races. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah we got we another one, him. Tim. We, we found, found another him. one. Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So I mean, having that, even though I know, I think that's the the, the free to play stuff with that but they've sort of got a good model on it so yep. I'm definitely gonna got my interest piked on that and I'm gonna have to remember to check that out because yeah. um like I remember enjoying some of the early track manias many moons ago so that so kind of puzzle racer sort of yeah thing. much yeah, the same yeah, way that tr- trials hits too you know yeah mm-hmm. Except yeah. not as like, I never found Trackmania as infuriating as Trials. <laughs> <laughs> Trials got to me in the wrong way, whereas this is like it just clicked better. So I'm definitely I, I'm, I'm pretty horrible with Trials. It, it's it's a straight run without any crashes or nothing. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, I like the Riders Republic look too. I quite enjoyed Steep. I, I, I have a soft spot for a bit of an extreme sports game. And um, I enjoyed Steep. It was obviously not enough there for a single player campaign or anything like that. But the whole concept of this this mountain that you could just snowboard down was really cool. And now they've just added every sort of mode of downhill transport ever to the game. Uh, and it looks mental in all the right ways. And it, it, it's got enough of that kind of career mode by the looks thing. So it, it could be that next step that the series needed. It's not technically a deep sequel but it, you know it is so um i just want something a bit more silly there as there again i want like ssx i just want yeah that i think I the mechanics want, lean into series more yeah that's fair um apart from that though the lack of splinter cell is 
continues to be the greatest disappointment known to man and surely I that was um, the lack of Jade Empire but uh, look I've, I've grown numb to that over the years um, <laughs> <laughs> but and yeah like, I'm not sure that can happen now because of yeah Bioware yeah. being in the hands of the clutches of EA yeah so that probably I keep hoping that like Microsoft or someone will buy the rights to it and yeah you know there's there's hope but Splinter Cell like that's a legitimate thing they keep throwing Sam Fisher in every fucking Ubisoft property under the sun and they won't give him his own game like he's been in Assassin's Creed at this point like you find his goggles in Assassin's Creed at one point and it's like stop teasing and put the bastard in his own game there's you gotta give it like a decade dude like at one point Sega put Ryo Hizuki in um, a Sonic All-Stars racing game and like Almost a decade later, they made Shenmue 3, except yeah. for the episode that he made it, and they let you Suzuki make it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Who's the fancy figurehead that needs to leave Ubi, Ubi and go independent to, to license Sam back and crowdfund it? No chance. That's a Tom Clancy property. That shit is locked That's up not- for life. <laughs> yeah. The they, they, I think, think they own Tom Clancy's you grave at this point. You could get so. it in spirit <laughs> if we go to the very, very small amount of um, PlayStation stuff we saw. Aragami um, too. That was a very, very Metal Gear, very Metal Gear Death Stranding PS5 trailer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was. That's, that's very intriguing. Yeah. Very intriguing. The thing I love about, like, I mean, the cult of personality around Kojima is sometimes almost disturbing, but the thing I love about, like, any just batshit bonkers conspiracy theory with him could be legit. Yeah. Like, you can't just write anything off. No. <laughs> it's definitely that, that meme from Always Sunny with the, the board and the, you know, the string attached to it. And anytime Aliens. Kojima mentions something, you know. You could say, I had a nice ice cream today and people will be going, what the fuck does that mean? What's going on here? You know, <laughs> is ice cream code for Metal Gear? you find how it was connected <laughs> to his latest game after it releases. Yeah, like- yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of stealth, though, uh, in the indie side of things, uh, there was Aragami 2, which looked really cool. And I'd never played the first one, which is kind of like, it's like Tenchu crossed with Dishonored. Um so you, you play as a ninja who's well actually a shadow spirit who shows as a ninja and you've got these shadow powers where you can kind of blink to buildings and it's a stealth full stealth game and it, it really appealed to me because there is simply no stealth games at the moment so um, if they know that right pure. there's a lot of stealth mechanics yeah yeah but this is like I... I sorry yeah no I actually went and bought the um, first game because it was on special on PC uh, so I grabbed it and it is a pure stealth title you know one hit kill sort of thing it's about the the puzzle of getting through the level using the tools you've got um, and right, it was I know what really I want cool. from the Ubisoft conference now what I want, want an Assassin's Creed game where you assassinate a person and they stay dead <laughs> like, <ooh. laughs> like that's the I, I enjoyed Origin I didn't actually play I forgot what it was called the one set in Greece um, Odyssey Odyssey, Odyssey. Yeah. I enjoyed Origins a lot, but my God, the fact that I could perfectly scale and get on top of somebody and fall like 20 feet on top of him with a knife sticking out of my arm and that he would changed. still get up again. That changed in Valhalla. They returned the instant kills. Oh, thank Christ. Maybe I'll yeah. play Valhalla then. Uh, so for- How are people not raving about Valhalla? That's like the one thing. 
I really like Valhalla, but it's also I play Assassin's Creed games over a long period of time. I don't mm. consume them all at once like some poor reviewer has to. Um, they're purposely a game no, I, I never reviewed in Assassin's Creed and I never intend to no they're, they're that sort of game that I like it to enjoy over a long time actually um, how weird was it whether there was no Assassin's Creed or Watch Dogs like it there was Watch Dogs DLC but yeah you know what I mean mm. yeah yeah it's I think um, the state of the industry at the moment with COVID they can't keep pumping yeah. these but Assassin's actually, Creed, especially France, which is all vaccine hesitant and yeah. also mask hesitant, it's probably a special nightmare over there. I think Assassin's Creed's usually done in Montreal, but yeah, um, I think it's Ubisoft Montreal that tends to do the Assassin's yeah, Creed. Right, but, but like literally every Ubisoft studio seems to touch literally every game. So yeah, they do. Yeah. They do share a lot. All right, let's move on to more indie titles before we finish up for the night. Um, any other indies and littler things that we haven't mentioned catch your eye? Um, there was quite a few little shows in amongst E3 this year where little indie publishers would show like five or six games. Um, so there was quite a lot. Like I, th- I felt like indies got a pretty good showing this year, probably out of the fact that there wasn't a massive AAA showing, but... You know. Yeah. Um, it was that. Um, there was the one that. So from the um, from the Devolver one, um, I have to. Admit I'm interested in looking at uh, Death Store, which yes, kind of look would like kind of look really neat. And then there the the other one that that is in a weird place is that Demon Throttle, which is the one that is basically an open pre-order on switch and is only coming out physically which yes. i'm not i feel weird about yeah it's odd isn't it it is yeah. very art yeah very art <laughs> and i know why devolver did it because it's that whole piss take on nfts and yeah you know, and it's because it's devolver and like who they just don't give a shit about they, anything yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> i, I want to check it out but at the same time, there's part of me that's like, I feel weird about that from a lot of the preservation and, and like, yeah, having the long tail you, stuff. Are you scared you're going to become the douchebag who 20 years from now is like pointing that shit for like $2,000 on eBay? Oh, I, I, yeah. I, I, I want to make sure because I noticed uh, a lot of people <coughs> in the collector community have talked about, well, sort of collector adjacent about because when Devolver announced that, there was another one of those boutique labels um, yeah. that announced uh, a similar thing where they're going to commission some small games and like physical run but they sort of did the one run and then they're going to put let them go up on itch in a few months which at least they're around for preservation but I mean I think you, I think the long tail and it's sort of I feel like it's just going to kill I feel like it's bad for the long tail which is one yeah. of the things that, that this whole scheme worries me about because like with an indie being able to just have the long tail to help support them between games, it might not be much, but I just feel weird about seeing that. That I, avenue I, I have a feeling that the game itself will be a, a game that was put together pretty quickly that, you know, is probably based on something they'd done before and slapped it together. Not necessarily, and I'm not saying that's going to be 
detrimental to the quality of the game. It might be quite fun. But I think Devolver have gone to him and said, hey, let's have a bit of fun with this because, you know, we like taking the piss. Like last year, they created a video game just to do like an E3 video game where you went through this abandoned E3 booth and as a first person shooter with a t-shirt gun, you know, so they like to do some crazy shit. Um, so I, I have a feeling that's the case. So I, I think probably it will end up legally or otherwise pretty easily available. Hopefully that's the case. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because I mean, I love that idea of commissioning devs to do some smaller works if yeah. it you know, helps get get stuff out the door and helps keep them afloat. Because you know, for smaller devs, like until I can reach that point, it's definitely a struggle to survive with the way things are going. So well, even even helps, bigger devs that like yeah, you know, Double Fine talked about until Microsoft bought them, they had to fight every single game to get made. You know, they had Tim Shaver spending all his yeah. time looking for money, not making yeah. games. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's a waste of creative talent to, to yeah. not be able to make games by having to do that. So definitely anything that helps that for sure. Um, so, yeah, definitely, definitely out there was, um, there was also, um, Skatebird, of course, is, 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 is yeah. kind of interesting, um, which is, now that's soon, um, I try to well, think. Oli Oli Two looks amazing. Oli Oli World, yeah, yeah, an open world sequel to Oli Oli. That's going to be. That's definitely going to be a neat. A that neat game one. has some style as well. It is hard yeah. in a very specific nineteen nineties Saturday afternoon cartoon vibe. I, it just looks like Adventure Time to me. Like uh, that, actually, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. probably a better way to describe it. Yeah, it's just Adventure Time. But yeah, I actually quite like the look of Big. Big Rumble Boxing, because you were talking about arcade sport games. Um, if they can pull that off, that's been a really good boxing game for a long time, since probably Fight Night Champions. Um, and this looks like a, you know, fun pick-up-and-play with your mates sort of party game based around Rocky, so everyone knows the characters, you know. Everyone will fight to be Mr. T and uh, yep. yell, pity the poor fool at you and, and then punch him in the head. You know, so that could be a really fun, like, party game, and I, I can see that doing really well if it hits Game Pass or something like that. I can imagine it would be that sort of game that, you know, as long as it controls well, that's the key. Um, yep. But if they yeah. can get that arcade control pick up and play but you know with plenty to master I think that'll be a real winner and and they're the guys that did the VR Apollo Creed game which was very good if exhausting but very good (laughs) (laughs) and I found myself twisted around in odd angles while I was fighting people and my wife constantly moving me so I didn't punch the television but you know (laughs) that sounds they're they're competent developers Oh, that definitely sounds definitely sounds pretty neat to, to watch out for, for sure. Yeah, I think it'll be a lot of fun. All right, last chance, everyone. Last game. Anything else you want to... Indie-wise? Uh, or anything, Somerville really. Somerville looks pretty cool. Somerville looks cool. Very Limbo-like. Very... Uh, um, more inside. inside than yeah. Um, if you're talking Indies, I think the one I already mentioned, um, Replaced. Yes. I can now remember the name of. That, that looks... I hope it plays as good as it looks. Good Man, it looks... It looks really good. Yeah. It looks really good. It looks... Um, we're touching good. Nintendo though, right? We're touching on Nintendo. Yeah, oh, Nintendo. We forgot about <laughs> Nintendo. <laughs> I say, like, I feel like that's an important one. Yeah. Because um, they also had a good show. I feel like Microsoft and Nintendo both bought deep, 
both, considering the circumstances, bought pretty big guns. I actually them. was more surprised by Nintendo than anyone because I actually was convinced it was going to be an hour of new Smash Fighters. So <laughs> they did do they did they did tease the idea of doing that. Yeah, um, and that, that trailer was gorgeous. Actually, I, I yeah. legitimately enjoyed the. Um, it's also I am not even that invested in Tekken, but I still recognize like Jin throwing people into the volcano montage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that Kirby bit at the end when we you know, kind of flies away is like, oh, they've they've got money there. They've figured it out. Yeah. Like I, I was I was very happy to see like the Advance Wars remake. I know it's just a remake, but I'm hoping that it means that if there's enough interest, they're dipping their toes in the water to get intelligent to do a proper new game in yeah. the series. I'm torn on the visuals there yeah I don't I, like just it look it reminds me of these like just personalityless Wii games that came out yeah like there's no sp- visual style it's like they kind of got the I also there. think it, they might have missed the you know this because Metal Slug Tactics yeah. was announced and that looks great actually <laughs> that looks like a Metal Slug game which is chock full of personality in that tactic space so they they might have missed a trick there Nintendo and left it a year late sort of thing yeah but- I wish like I wish they'd done like high high def pixel art yeah because I, I Advance Wars sold me on a GBA when I was in my final year of uni yeah you know playing that on the train and, and the art style was great and I kind of miss that like I, I don't like a lot of the stuff added to Fire Emblem yeah they sort of yeah, added the stuff to take away um so that Metroid Dread is a, was a very big surprise. Like I was hoping maybe a tease of some progress on Prime Four, yep. which is probably who knows what what the state of that is. But Dread, and I'll admit, I, like it looks good. I am a little apprehensive because I bounced a bit off Samus Returns because of the parry mechanic, and yeah. so part of me's kind of worried that that's going to be there in force. And I hope I'm wrong. I, I mean, this isn't um, Samus Return. Is it the same developer? It is the same developer. It is. Okay. Uh, Mercury Steam. Who did the I, I worry one? about Metroid. I'm excited for Metroid. Don't get me wrong. Super Metroid is, you know, a watershed moment in gaming. Um, but I worry that that genre, or the Metroidvania genre that it created, has come a long way. Like, it you've happens. got to beat Hollow Knight now. You, you know, you've got to beat even Dead Cells there you know there's games there now that are legitimately amazing titles so it'll be very interesting to see if they can keep up yeah I, I'm going to say I think they can like I don't oh, I hope they can and you know you've got to have faith in Nintendo they, they don't definitely very... yeah yeah got I mean, me in that, that that furious um, side of my Twitter feed where I'm seeing a whole bunch of people saying how dare Nintendo want to charge full price for this genre of game which should only be $3 or whatever. Uh, that's stupid. Um, just that's like, just... Nah. Just because a lot of really good games in this genre have come out cheaper does not necessarily mean they should all be cheaper. No. Yeah. I mean... You can't tell me a AAA of- studio does any better with Hollow Knight than... Like, makes a more polished game than Hollow Knight, you know? Yeah. And you can't tell me that this game is not going to have... Polish. I don't think people understand how much money I think Nintendo spends developing its games either. Yeah. Like, that polish com- comes at a cost. Yeah. Yeah. They uh, have yeah, a I- very good reputation for almost flawless technically products. You know, you've never heard of a Nintendo product that needs patching on day one. 
Yeah. Uh, they do get updates, don't get me wrong, but it's not because the game's broken in any way. It's, you know, might be to twi- it's because tweak because they've added two stats. more fighters to fucking Smash Yeah, it's just Smash Brothers. <laughs> so, yeah. Like Egg Data Animal Crossing. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. Um, what else did Nintendo have? Um, the new WarioWare. WarioWare. Which has to look kind of fun. There is. Yeah. Do you want to lose your friends? <laughs> yeah, that's that could that could probably happen. That I'm excited like more... for Mario Golf, but yeah, I think I'm the only one that is. But you know, I, I would definitely happily check that out. Um, they've, they've added back the RPG elements from, uh, I think it was the Game Boy Advanced version. Yeah, yeah. So that should be cool. Probably oh, career, definitely... career mode and. That's it's like a couple. That's like a month away, if I'm right. It's like this close. week. It's oh, pretty, uh, yeah. Pretty soon. <laughs> I thought it was like next month. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, got review that one. it's Friday. I've been begging Paul for that. I said because Paul handles our Nintendo reviews, and I said, Paul, there's only one Nintendo review I want to do, and that's Mario Golf. And he went, Wow, you can have it. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, does that mean I have to go and like suck up the Paul for Metroid after I lost Ratchet? <laughs> yeah. You only lost that because of, you know, things. But anyway. DR, not DRMs, that's the wrong word. Um, embargo. Yeah, embargo. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, I, I'm still bamboozled by this remake of Skyward Sword. Or yeah. not, that, not that they're remaking it, but that they're not doing anything with the good 3D Zeldas. Yeah, because I did them... Like, like, it seems like it would be very easy for them to also just bump in the Switch, the, um, the Wii U versions of Wind Waker and um, Twilight Princess. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm a bit disappointed that the, the 35th of Zelda feels a little flat compared to the 35th of Mario. The 35th of Luigi had a better event. <laughs> <laughs> the year of Luigi. Yeah, the year of Luigi. He had a whole goddamn year. He Zelda's did. had oh, jack man. shit. <laughs> but uh, to be fair, like, what we did, what little we did see, Wind Waker 2, I mean, I will have to play it to be sold, but it did look very Breath good. of the Wild, sorry. Breath of the Wild 2, yeah. yes. Also... Make but, you know, there's a lot of wind. Like, there's a thing about... <laughs> I think Nintendo is just caught with the idea of shots of Link falling through the sky. Yeah. Is the twist going to be that you finally play as Zelda? I would I would love for them to just, like, let you choose a joint, um, gender of your character. Like, there's not really a reason not to. No. Yeah. I mean, at this point. And that, that way, they can ruin every copy of Trivial Pursuit out there with that dumbass question that... It's in all of them. Of, you know. On Zelda, a boy or a girl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Zelda would still be a girl. Okay?